Welcome to the Clean Simple Free Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Fox. This podcast relies on listener support in order to keep going, so I'd like to thank Clean Simple Free's newest supporter by giving a shout out to Kaylin Holmes. Thank you for your contributions to sustain and grow this podcast. It truly means everything to me because it ensures the continued production of future episodes. If you're a listener who would like to keep hearing new episodes, click the link in the show notes to support this podcast starting at just 99 cents per month. Today's episode is about how brands use psychological manipulation to try and get us to buy their products and how we can avoid that and avoid shopping as a type of wish fulfillment. Stick around. I'd like to dive right into this episode by reading you a snippet from a Zen Habits article that does an excellent job capturing this week's topic. As you may already know, zenhabits.com is run by Leo Babauta, who is a best-selling author and a major pioneer of the minimalist movement. Quote, Lately, I've been buying a lot of things. A nice watch, some cool folding knives, some tools and outdoor gear. It's fun. But as I give in to these impulse purchases, I notice that the thrill doesn't last that long, and it leaves me wanting more. And of course, it dawns on me that this is a lesson I've learned a thousand times. Buying things rarely gives me any kind of fulfillment. When we buy something, it gives us a temporary boost, a bit of excitement, anticipation, some hope that it will give us something in our lives that feels missing. Maybe we hope the new purchase will help us to feel cool, sexy, lovable, adventurous, fit, peaceful, connected, or find a sense of belonging. The lesson I have to remember is that these things aren't provided by purchases, other people, or anything outside of us. The lesson I often forget is everything we're looking for is inside of us. We think it will be given to us by buying things, I certainly do, but whatever boost we get from that only lasts for a day or two, end quote. First, I'd like to point out that it really surprised me to read that Leo Babauta enjoys buying things and finds shopping fun. I don't know about you, but I definitely feel like I think of some of these popular or well-known minimalists as above impulse purchases. I just don't picture Leo Babauta shopping online. I don't imagine Ryan Nicodemus and Joshua Fields Milburn shopping in a boutique, and I found it almost comforting or a relief to read that Leo Babauta has the same impulse impulses as regular people. It made me think of those magazines that say celebrities, they're just like us, but like the minimalist edition. But the main reason I wanted to share this article with you is that I was out and about shopping for a birthday gift for a friend, and I was in a store and walked past one of the aisles and saw a workout gear display on one of the end caps. They were selling these really cute yoga mats and rose gold colored free weights. They had these little mint green fingerless workout gloves that had grips on the palms so that you can grab onto the weights better. And I instantly thought of this article. I even brought it up to the friend I was shopping with. I was like, there's an article by a really prominent minimalist that discusses trying to achieve a certain kind of lifestyle or trying to be the kind of person you want through purchases, and I feel like this super cute fitness section is totally catering to that. The reason I even pointed it out was because there was a boxed set that included a yoga mat, a coordinating water bottle, some resistance bands, and a matching headband for your hair. And my first thought was, this looks like something that I would buy because I'd feel like it would help me work out, but in reality, I wouldn't use any or all of it. And that's absolutely true. If I had purchased that set, I might head home feeling really optimistic about upgrading my workout routine. 
and I might use the products. I'd probably get some good use out of the yoga mat and the bands. I may wear the headband for a day or two, but it seemed like the perfect real-life example of that Zen Habits article. Owning special workout gloves is not going to make me stronger or even hit the gym more often, and at my current fitness level, I definitely don't need them. I use like 15-pound free weights. I don't think I need that extra grip strength. I want to add that if having a pretty yoga mat and matching headband makes you feel beautiful and encourages you to work out more, there's absolutely nothing wrong with making that purchase. If having a yoga ball and resistance bands and free weights in matching colors will motivate you to use them more frequently, then you should do what's best for you and what inspires you to take care of your health, and I completely support your purchase decision. But for me personally, I've been down that road many times in my life where I purchased some visually appealing or even gimmicky exercise equipment, thinking this is what's going to turn me into a gym rat. And just like the article says, it gives me a temporary boost, but if I want to stick to a vigorous fitness routine, I can't look to the purchase of an item to change my fitness habits. My gym has everything I need. It's up to me to make sure that I'm going to the gym, workout gloves or not. All the motivation I need is inside myself, not something that I can purchase in a store. The tricky part is that retailers know that we make purchases based on the feelings we think an item will provide for us, or how we want to be perceived or present ourselves to the world. By using ads in commercials, magazine campaigns, and other marketing tactics, retailers can appeal to different audiences and market their product as something we need in order to belong to a certain group. Brands market their reputations and turn themselves into something we feel like we need or want to be a part of. Through branding, they send us messages like, if you want to be seen as sexy and alluring, buy our brand of clothing. If you want to be popular, drink our beverages. If you want to be artsy and elegant, buy our furniture collection. It's a brilliant tactic, and if we're trying to simplify our lives and go against consumer culture, it's important to be aware of how brands are targeting us. Marketing departments even use psychological tactics to appeal to consumers. You may be familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. This is a concept in psychology created by Abraham Maslow in 1943, and it's typically shown as a pyramid with five categories on it. I'm going to read more on this from a marketing blog called businessadministrationinformation.com. Quote, Maslow, a psychology professor then teaching at Brooklyn College, developed a five-tier system to illustrate the different levels at which people work to satisfy needs. This hierarchy of needs moves from basic ones to eventual self-actualization. The theory often is represented in a pyramid. Here are the needs in order from bottom to top. Physiological, which includes food, water, warmth, and sleep. Safety, which includes security, freedom from fear. Belongingness and love, which includes friends, intimate relationships, becoming part of a group. Esteem, which includes prestige and feelings of accomplishment. Self-actualization, which includes creativity, achieving full potential. The theory proposes that as a person meets the needs at one level, they then move on to the next. Psychologists have used the hierarchy for decades. Before long, marketing people also began to see its value. To this day, it provides a guide for how to appeal to customers depending on where your product or service resides in the hierarchy. Smart marketers know the most direct pathway to selling a product or service is by filling a consumer's needs. 
The Maslow hierarchy provides an easy-to-understand method for determining where a product fits into the progression of human needs, end quote. This article is a very interesting read, and you can find a full transcript of this episode in the show notes, including the link to this full article, if you're curious enough to read the whole thing. But it gives examples of how the insurance industry and auto industry appeal to our innate need for safety, saying that, quote, many car companies today feature campaigns about safety features and evoke the feeling of comfort and security in having them. The article also discusses how luxury brands appeal to our esteem needs. Wearing high-end or designer clothing fulfills the need for prestige, and luxury car brands, quote, have made these vehicles sought after by those who have fulfilled needs in the lower parts of the hierarchy. Regarding the need for belongingness and love, I'm going to read a few more paragraphs from that businessadministrationinformation.com article. Quote, This level deserves perhaps the most attention because so much of marketing falls into this area where a large number of consumers reside. Once people have insurance, a safe car, and a secure home, their attention turns to this area. They are spending disposable income. Here, marketing moves beyond fear of potential catastrophe and more into the joy of possibilities, especially in relationships. Some of the top modern brands make consumers feel as if purchasing their product makes them part of something special. Modern examples include campaigns from Apple and motorcycle maker Harley-Davidson. Both give the consumer a feeling of belonging to a special group. Fast food giant McDonald's also keyed in on this area of the hierarchy with their You Deserve a Break Today campaign, which immediately preceded today's I'm Loving It campaign. The ad spots gave customers the feeling that McDonald's products were something they deserved if they wanted to treat themselves. Jewelers also focus on this area. K-Jewelers commands marketing over the holidays, linking their products to the joy of a good relationship in the Every Kiss Begins with K campaign, end quote. I'd like to point out that there's nothing wrong with any of these ad campaigns, and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with marketers using Maslow's hierarchy of needs to target their customers. I'm sure that you can think of two or three brands that you love and are loyal to, either because you love the product or because you like the group that you belong to, so to speak, for supporting them. I have brands that I love and enjoy supporting. If I'm shopping for a certain item, I do typically check my favorite stores first to see if they carry it and then look elsewhere if I can't find what I need. It's normal and it's okay to support companies that we love or that share our values or sell products that bring us happiness, but it is good to be made aware that brands are actively targeting our psychological needs and notice when we're seeking to fulfill those needs through shopping. We cannot gain fulfillment in ourselves through purchases. Self-actualization is defined by Oxford as the realization or fulfillment of one's talents and potentialities, especially considered as a drive or need present in everyone. True fulfillment is going to come from developing your talents and acting on your potential, not from the things you buy. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And welcome back to the episode. So we know that companies target us based on our needs, and in episode 77, I touch on the topic of what's known in marketing as the hard sell. To refresh your memory, or in case you missed that episode, hard sell strategies are aggressive sales tactics like repeated phone calls or emails, abrupt language or unwanted sales pitches, 
with the intent to push a customer into making a purchase. It has a negative connotation even within the marketing industry because it's seen as rude or obnoxious, and it tends to make customers feel negative about their experience, which means a lower level of returning customers. People want to shop at places that make them feel good, so there are negative connotations, but some companies still do this. If you've ever walked past a kiosk in a mall and someone has aggressively tried to give you a sample of hand lotion, that's an example of a hard sell tactic. The mall where I lived as a teenager was famous for having places that did this. I always felt like I had to speed up when passing the kiosks before they could start throwing their sales pitch at me. If you've ever signed up for a one-week trial at a gym and had difficulty getting sales associates to stop calling to try and sell you a membership, then you've experienced the hard sell. There is a company that I really like that is a huge fan of the hard sell. I'm not going to name them, but I love their clothes. They are more of a fast fashion company, so I try not to support them very often, but I do love their style of clothes. I can't help it. Every time they have a sale, which is frequent, they send the most persistent emails. Their ad campaign is seriously the most aggressive one I've ever seen. If an item on my wish list is on sale, they send an email saying something like, hurry up, your favorite item is going to sell out to put a time pressure deadline on me. If I place an order with them, they send me an email immediately afterwards saying, hey, these extra items would look so great with what you just bought. This type of language is so dangerous, especially if you are prone to impulsive purchases. Many companies do this, but I feel that this company is especially persistent with their marketing. There's an easy solution, which is to unsubscribe from the text messages and emails, which I've already done. I don't want to spend outside my means or end up with clothes I don't need, but I saved some of their emails to share this with you and illustrate a point. Becoming aware of when marketing emails are disruptive or aggressive is important. If I find that I'm randomly clicking on the email and browsing this company's website when I don't need anything, then maybe it's time to unsubscribe from the emails. Being aware of when a company is catering to our impulsive natures and using language that appeals to our needs is important because it allows us to realize, hey, this is a marketing tactic. I'm not going to find what I'm looking for by purchasing this item. Let's say that I'm having a day where I don't feel good about myself or it's a day where none of the clothes in my closet are making me feel good about myself. If I get an email from this company on that kind of a day saying, hey, this is the last chance to shop our sale, just go ahead and make a purchase, you're so worth it, which is very similar to the kind of marketing language they use, I might feel like, yeah, you know what? I do deserve this. I am worth it. I'm just going to go for it and purchase something. But if I'm aware that this is only a marketing scheme and I think intentionally about my spending habits, I can resist the urge to impulsively make a purchase that might make me feel better in the moment, but that ultimately adds clutter, costs money, and won't give me the type of fulfillment I want. That's why I feel it's so important to become aware of the kinds of tactics marketers use so that we can practice self-control and resist the urge to chase after a false sense of belonging through buying. 
Like Leo Babauta said, the lesson we have to remember is that fulfillment isn't provided by purchases, by other people, or by anything outside of us. Everything we're looking for is inside of us already. It's up to us to cultivate the type of people we want to be by developing our talents and potential, not by purchasing things that will make us appear to be a certain way. that concludes this week's episode i hope you enjoyed it thank you for tuning in and if you're a supporter of the show thank you for your support if you'd like to become a supporter just click the link in the show notes if you want to tell me what you thought of the episode suggest some topics for the future or just say hi you can reach out on instagram at clean.simple.free or by email at clean.simple.free at gmail.com you can also send in a voice message by clicking the link in the show notes if you just feel like sharing your voice with me so we can have a two-way conversation. That's going to do it. I'll see you next time. And remember, clean spaces make for a more simple way of life. And when life is simplified, your mind will feel free. See you again soon.